Uh, it's great, great to be together. Great to see you this morning. Great to continue our thinking and talking about the Holy Spirit today. And we've been doing this for the last few weeks together. We started on uh, Pentecost Sunday that day a couple weeks ago when we uh, celebrated what's often kind of known as or thought of as the birthday of the Christian church, that inauguration of the Holy Spirit and, and His ministry among us, among us, the day when the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus had promised, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Friend that Jesus had said would come when He ascended into heaven, He, he actually did. He came and, and fell upon the disciples, followers of Jesus who were there and empowered them for mission and ministry like they had never known before. And uh, I'm very thankful for Pentecost Sunday every year when we come around to that, but this year we didn't want to kind of limit our reflection on the Holy Spirit to just one day, so we've extended it a couple of days, uh, a couple of Sundays, and looked at some different things uh, uh, pertaining to the Spirit, some different ways that the Spirit's at work in the world and in the church, and, and hopefully continue to think a little bit about how the Holy Spirit wants to be at work in our own lives as well, just equipping and empowering and transforming and moving in, in our lives. We've had conversations with some who just, you know, kind of got the God thing, the, the Jesus thing's working for me a little bit, the, the Holy Spirit thing. That's just too, well, spiritual. You know, it's, and it's, the Holy Spirit is a little bit perhaps harder for us to grasp and, and maybe a little more slippery as we think about our, our, in our thinking. However, if we'll just kind of put our minds around what the Scripture has to say to us, then we will begin to get, I think, a very good picture indeed of, of who the Spirit is and what His ministry is to be among us. So we've, we've looked at a couple of things in particular, and we've thought about, um, focused our attentions primarily on the Holy Spirit as an amazing gift to us. And so the Spirit is, is both gift, and we've, we, we've really focused on First of all, a couple of weeks ago, we, we thought about how the, the Holy Spirit on that first Pentecost Sunday was just this amazing gift that God gave to His people. And, and the very symbols and miracles that were accompanying the Holy Spirit's coming in that day, how they attested to uh, kind of this, the description and the ministry, that this, the, the, um, the wonder of this gift, the, the wind that filled the house as the Spirit came into that place, uh, pointing to the fact that the Holy Spirit desires to fill the whole world with His presence. The, the tongues of fire that seem to kind of fall on each individual, attesting to the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to, to transform and, and empower individual believers for mission and for ministry. And, and that, that miracle of people understanding the wonders of God spoken in Foreign tongues, hearing them in their own language, attesting to the fact that it's not our own strategies, it's not our creativity that makes mission happen, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that ultimately makes mission and ministry possible. So we talked about the, the gift of the Holy Spirit as, as being this global spirit. Last week then we talked about the, the gift of the Holy Spirit as being this guiding spirit, and we remembered that, that Jesus said, there is coming one after me who will guide you into all truth. Right? Do you remember this? Kind of some of you who were here last week, nod your head with me. All right. And we, we talked about, again, just how he'll guide us in things pertaining to our salvation 
He'll lead us through that journey of our, this process of entering into and living out a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. And, and, and then how the Holy Spirit also guides us in, in life, just in the daily decisions, and in the general directions of, of life. And we celebrate, and we still celebrate today, just what a great gift this Holy Spirit is. In fact, as we were just singing, thank you, O my Father, for sending us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. What an amazing gift. And we should give thanks to the Father all the time, repeatedly, continually, for this amazing gift that is ours in the Holy Spirit. We've been, we've been given a great gift. Today I want to just flip it a little bit and, and think about this other side, that, that the Holy Spirit is both gift and giver. And think about not only how the Holy Spirit comes as a gift to us, but as the Holy Spirit comes to be a giver, to be one who gives of, of all the resources of God, of Jesus, all the resources of heaven are made abundantly available to us through the Holy Spirit, the one who, who comes really to pour himself out fully into our lives if we'll be receptive and ready to receive of all that the Spirit has to give. I was thinking about just, just different experiences I've had where people have given to me. And I hope that you can begin to think a little bit too about just some of the experiences you've had where people have just, just opened, the, you know, opened wide their resources for you, whether it be just of, of finances or food or just their, their friendship perhaps. Um, I, I'm remembering again, I'm, I'm kind of uh, sentimental, I guess, of a year ago when we were... We had, I think I've talked about this a lot recently, but we were in Costa Rica at this time on our sabbatical, and, and I was just thinking about the, our experience there and what a wonderful time we had there, but we, met, we, we didn't meet, but we got to hang out with two amazing people while we were there quite a bit, and this loudest parents, Rodrigo and Amelia, and, and they, many of you have met them when they've been here, but uh, they gave so freely and, and abundantly to us while we were there. Um, Amelia looked after our kids. Kyle and I were taking Spanish classes, and some of you know this story, but they, she took our kids to museums and to shopping and, you know, to the house to just play and just had, had a wonderful time together. Uh, Rodrigo uh, just drove us, really, in quite a fascinating manner. He drove us all around uh, Costa Rica and helped arrange for our travel. He didn't even mind too much when our son... Uh, you know, on the curvy roads of Costa Rica, shared his lunch with his van. Um, he, didn't, he didn't even mind that much when that happened. But I think the, the most fun we had in terms of an experience of just them giving and us receiving was we went over to their house for dinner a couple of nights. And, and both times, uh, Amelia, Rodrigo I think was helping at some level, but primarily Amelia just made this, this spread of Costa Rican dish, dishes, and this wasn't just like, you know, two or three items, you know, this was like, seemed like, I don't know how many items there were, five or six or seven, and with each dish that was passed around, it, she was not very interested in eating herself at all, but in watching us as we received and we'd eat and we'd take a little here and she'd watch and notice what we liked and what we didn't like and she'd keep that away and pass more of that and it was just kept coming and kept coming. And, and again, she didn't even mind when 
again, our wonderful son commented on the soup that it, that it actually looked like what he had left in Rodrigo's van. It, it was, didn't even mind those. It, what do you do as a parent in that moment? Uh, no, didn't mean it. It's great. It's wonderful. But, but just this giving spirit that was demonstrated by Laura's folks to us as we were in that. I mean, it wasn't just their food. It, it, she was sharing culture and sharing their home and sharing their friendship, sharing their love with us. And, and, and we were just the grateful, glad recipients of that. But in the process of it all, we're changed, right? We're changed as we receive of the giving spirit of others in our lives. And I just think that's a wonderful picture of the Holy Spirit. I, I think that, that the Holy Spirit is this, this one that I hope we can get this picture of today that is one that just wants to spread the table before His people of all His goodness, of all His gifts, of all His graces, of all the resources of, of the Trinity, <laughs> all the resources of heaven before his people, and just say, take and eat. And he's just hoping, just, just, just working in such a way that, that the people of God will taste and see just how good God is. This is the Holy Spirit's role. It's like, it's like setting the table. It's like, come on, come on, folks. Come and eat, come and dine, come and share with all that I desire to give to you. And just like Amelia, you know, she's kind of sat there watching us. I think the Spirit just kind of is there watching and waiting and anticipating for us to receive and to grab hold of all that He's bringing our way. And then as we get a hold of that, then here's more and keep pouring into our hearts and in our lives. And so He's a giving Spirit. The Holy Spirit ministers as giver in two distinct ways. Two distinct but very related, uh, very kind of two sides of the same coin ways, if you will. And that's the way we, the Bible speaks of it is as, as the giver of the fruit of the Spirit and the giver of the gifts of the Spirit, really. And I want to just, many of this for us, this will be kind of old, old territory perhaps, but I think for all of us, it's great to kind of revisit and think about these two areas in which the Holy Spirit wants to give of Himself and of all the resources of the triune God to his people. And so the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit, first of all, is written about specifically in Galatians chapter 5. And that's uh, going to be on the screen here. Paul's writing about the fruit of the Spirit. And not only, we're going to read this kind of larger passage, because I want you to not only catch the list of the fruit of the Spirit, but I want you to catch how he's writing about something a little more, a little, a little grander, kind of a life in the Spirit. So would you stand with me? I'm going to read this. Uh, I want you to actually, um, let me read a portion of it, and then you can jump in with me when, when we get to the fruit, but I'll, I'll let you know as we get there. This is from Galatians. If you have your Bible, turn there with me. It's Galatians chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 16, but you can follow along on the screen as well. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. 
I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And read this with me, would you? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Keep reading. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. When he's writing about the fruit of the Spirit, Paul's concern here is with the formation of our character. I just write that down. Paul, Paul, Paul's really, I mean, these are, these, he lists nine graces or nine fruit here, and very important for us to think about each one specifically. But, but I think what Paul's generally trying to do here is to, to write to us about how our character, how our identity, how our person will be shaped as we live in daily interaction and communion with the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit permeates our lives and moves in us and, and through us, these will be the, the, the traits, the characteristics that begin to emerge out of us and from us as we live. And again, while it's important to pay attention to each individual fruit, it's perhaps most important for us to grab hold of the idea that the Spirit wants to shape us as people, as, as individuals from, from the inside out. Um, there, there's no doubt that there are other things in our culture that are seeking to shape our character, right? I mean, we, we could sit here and list several of them, the, the media and politics and even sports and entertainment and education and all these kinds of things are, are influencing or are working their way into our personal systems in a sense and shaping and influencing and, and, and changing us in ways that sometimes we're conscious of and sometimes that we're not aware of. But Paul's uh, cry here, Paul's admonition is for the people of God to be shaped by the Holy Spirit, for the people of God to allow the Holy Spirit to really find His home in our hearts and to begin to work out from there and shaping us and making us into the people that He would have us to be. So, you know, if you have your word there, take a look at the list again. I mean, what a great list it is. Love, right off the top. Joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, if we just love at the beginning and self-control at the end, that would probably be enough for us to work on, right, for the rest of our lives. But, but for the Holy Spirit, not, not again to just kind of draw these out of us, but to work these into us so that we might then live them out in in our lives. Nine amazing graces, I like to say, that the Holy Spirit desires to produce in us. But just a few quick reminders about the the, the fruit of the Spirit for us to to just make sure we're kind of all dialed in on. The first one is just simply this idea that the fruit of the Spirit, again, are not inherent to human life. These are not natural things characteristics or abilities that are going to suddenly kind of just emerge in you. We do believe that there, there are folks that, you know, apart from God who will be loving and who will be caring, who, who will be patient 
And at times we may demonstrate that uh, even in our own lives and folks who we know who are far from God. And yet we would say even at that point that that is at some level the work of the Holy Spirit in them. And that even as they begin to, to, to grow and develop and, and bear more fruit in our lives, this is the, the role of the Holy Spirit developing and growing those in us. Um, it is the consequence of the Spirit's presence and cultivation in our lives. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at that fruit of the Spirit list and I just think, well, i got to try harder. You know, right? I mean, i got to be more patient. got to be more loving. got to have more self-control. And it, and it becomes a trying harder type of, of issue. But the invitation as we think about them as being the fruit of the Spirit is to not necessarily try harder, but to trust more. Don't try harder, but trust more. Trust that as you, as you rest in the Spirit, trust as the Spirit weaves His life more and more in with yours, that these uh, characteristics and these fruit will begin to emerge in new and fresh ways. The other, I mean, it's not, it's not willpower, right? We get greater willpower in order to achieve these steps of the Spirit. No, it's trusting in the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit to... To, to give us the power to, to do these things in our life. Not produced on our own, but through the Holy Spirit. The second thing to remember is that these, these fruit of the Spirit must be nurtured and tended. Cared for. And with the care of a, of a master gardener. We, we've got the community garden is happening in Carpinteria right now. And uh, folks, if you swing by the, the church down there in Carpinteria, uh, just pull in there and take a look. There's things growing and it's exciting. And people, many of you here in our congregation have reserved a plot and you're growing things there in the, in the garden. And it's, it's beautiful. But we know that with a garden, you can't leave it untended. You can't leave it uncared for or bad things happen, right? Well, the same is true with our lives and with the fruit of the Spirit. Our lives need to be watered with God's Word. Our, our lives need to be nourished with prayer. They need to be kept free from the weeds of sin. The fruit of the Spirit in our lives are not once and for all. And if we cease to allow the Spirit to have His free flow in our lives, then these fruit will wither and die. And so we must nurture and tend these fruit. The third idea is just this, that there, there needs to be a, with the fruit of the Spirit, this is a new orientation for life. A whole new orientation. I kind of started with this idea. But again, what is most important perhaps is not how each of these matters or these fruit work out in individual practice, but this underlying orientation that is captured really in, in each of the fruit that are mentioned here that is pointing followers of Jesus towards this life of service, this life of giving totally of themselves. This, this life that is described as, as, as being not at one level about ourselves, about acquiring or gaining, but totally about giving completely of ourselves. A new orientation for life that reflects the selfless and outgoing concern for others. The fruit of the Spirit. Again, the formation of our character as the Spirit works in us. The second way, again, that the Spirit gives to us is through the gifts of the Spirit. And, uh, and maybe, you know, you've heard lots about the gifts of the Spirit in your life, maybe more than you ever, you know, could use. You, you've been through classes, you've taken tests, you've 
you know, you've analyzed your, your gifts, of, your spiritual gifts. Maybe others of us, though, are, are kind of tapping into this at, at a new place in life, or this is a, a, something new to us. Well, the Scripture talks about, and the Apostle Paul, again, in 1 Corinthians especially, but in other places, talks to us about the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to give us specific gifts. And at this level, he's talking not so much about the formation of our character, but about the function of our ministry. Not so much who we are, which is covered in the fruit of the Spirit, but now what we do and how we will carry out the ministry that God is putting before us. And so I want to read to us again from 1 Corinthians this time. And uh, I'm, I'm all good with some Bible uh, calisthenics, so go ahead and stand back up. And let me read this to you again from, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, again, I'll read the first several verses and I'll give you a heads up when, when I want you to jump in with me. And I'm going to start just at verse 4 of, uh, of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Did you hear that? To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of, of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And let's read this last verse together. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines. Again, this is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go ahead and have a seat. The gifts, too, are given by the Spirit. Again, for individual believers at one very important level, and for the whole church as we seek to live out the mission that God has called us to. Without the Spirit gifting us, without the Spirit enabling us for ministry, without the Spirit taking us beyond what we are in our natural state, then our hope is lost. <laughs> For the mission that we have before us. We've talked a lot about strengths and talents and abilities and what God has naturally kind of poured into us. And, and we want to continue to talk about that because I think that's so beautiful and so powerful as we think about the workmanship that God has created us to be. But in addition to kind of these natural talents and, and abilities and strengths that God is giving us each individually, He is also adding to that on this supernatural level, these giftings that are unexplainable by us, that can't be reasoned or factored in in any other way than to say, the Spirit is helping me to do that. And I hope that as we think about this and talk about this, there might be times where we can think back to things that are happening even now in our lives. And we're going to read some stories in just a few moments about 
ways that people are expressing and exhibiting these things that are not necessarily things that they have, have nurtured or developed themselves, but these are, these are just gifts that God has given to them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul's speaking about the function of our ministry. The focus of his teaching is on the Holy Spirit, uh, not so much on the people that he's making us to be, but on the jobs or tasks that he's empowering us to accomplish. Now, you saw the list there in, in 1 Corinthians. There's also a list in Romans. There's also kind of a partial list in Ephesians. And what we need to say here about the gifts that are mentioned in Scripture is that this list is, is not complete. It's not exhaustive. The, the list in Romans and Ephesians, I mean, even if we put all of them together, many scholars believe that this, these gifts that Paul mentioned here are still just representative of some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit might provide. And so while these are good places to start in terms of thinking about what gifts God might put into us, we need to go beyond them as well. These are, these are, again, are good starting places. And we might also think, as many scholars believe, that, that at certain seasons or certain periods in the life of the church throughout history, certain gifts are more needed or more used or are, are more highlighted. And so we, we want to be always looking to the, to the truth that, that the Holy Spirit is gifting us, not just so we can kind of pat each other on the back or kind of, you know, talk about how great our gifts are, but so that the church can move forward. It's all about the kingdom when we start talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, what's clear is that the Holy Spirit is giving um, means and powers in order to enable the church to properly perform its function on the earth. The, the Holy, the, God himself in heaven has not simply kind of wound up the church and let it go and wished us luck. Now, God in his beauty has created and set loose the church into the world with the guidance and the gifting of the Holy Spirit among us. So, so we trust, again, in the presence of the Spirit to, to gift us. And, and just a few things that emerge right out of that passage of Scripture for us to remember. Some kind of some essentials or, or fundamentals as we think about the Holy Spirit. The, the first one is this, that there are different gifts. He said it right there. And I think we, we know this and we're, we're very mindful of this. But diversity is, is, is right, it's just an aspect of the character of God. And, and he even says it so beautifully in that there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. There is but one Spirit, one Lord, and one God. But within that triune God, there are a variety, a diversity of, of gifts and ministries for us to be receiving from, from the Lord. The second truth that we need to hold on to is, the, is that these gifts are given for the common good. And I paused us there for a moment I was, as I was reading that Scripture because I just have this sense in my own spirit, and I may be off, but I have this sense in my own spirit that we need to really focus on this, that, that we need to be very careful that, that we never kind of lift up one gift over another or kind of feel either envious of certain gifts or left out because we don't have certain gifts or we do have other gifts. 
The reality is that every gift is not given so that certain people can be highlighted or lifted up, but the gifts of the Spirit are given so for the common good of the body of Christ. Amen. So whatever gift you've been given, there's another side of this, whatever gift you've been given is not only essential that you put it into use for your own spiritual growth and practice, but for the good of the body of Christ. Do we understand that? So it's not so much about your own, you know, too bad for you if you fail to identify and live out your, your spiritual gift or gifts. Too bad for us. The body of Christ misses out on this because the common good has not been moved forward. The kingdom has not been moved forward as it may have been and could have been and should have been as the Holy Spirit was gifting each of us. Then the last one I just want to really highlight is just this simple idea that we read there at the end, that the, that the gifts are given as the Spirit sees fit. This is kind of Paul's version, as he wrote here, this is kind of Paul's version of when Jesus said, the wind blows wherever it wants. Right? When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, the, the, in other words, Jesus was saying, the Holy Spirit will not be boxed in. <laughs> He will not be confined. He will not be directed or told how He is to do things. The Holy Spirit is free. This is His, His divine sovereignty. The Holy Spirit is free to gift you and you and me and all of us in exactly the way He wants. For exactly the period of time that He wants, whether that be for a lifetime or whether that be for just a season, however the Spirit wants to gift us, that's up to Him. And so it doesn't become our job again to, to try to, to define or describe or to slide our, ourselves into some sort of, uh, of posture where we're just kind of you know, grabbing onto these gifts. Instead, it's just to simply say, Holy Spirit, however you want to in my life today, however you want to gift me, I am ready to receive that and move into action as you are calling me. So the gifts of the Spirit, the function of our ministry. I really, again, like this. The formation of our character with the fruit of the Spirit. The function of our ministry with the gifts of the Spirit. And I hope you can kind of see how the Holy Spirit has thought of everything. I just, I mean, He's amazing. He has left no stone unturned here. He's, he's, he's taken care to, to, to create and construct and, and help us to build and develop our inner person, our character, what we're made of, who we are what we're going to be, and at the same time, He's taking care to, to equip us and empower us kind of from the, from the outside in and giving us these gifts to be able to live out and, and minister. He, he's thought of both sides of this coin in a beautiful way in equipping us and preparing us for ministry. He is giving to us freely and fully. He's answered the question of function and effectiveness. He's answered the question of of formation and, and person. He's shaping both who we are and what we do through His gracious gifts. So really the question is, how do we get in the flow of the Holy Spirit? And that's, I mean, if you're with me in agreeing that what He wants to give to us is a good thing... <laughs> both inwardly and outwardly, if you're with me and agree with that, then the question is, how do we get in the flow of the Holy Spirit? The old-time Nazarenes, I, I don't know if you ever heard this, but somebody told me that recently that they used to talk about 
getting under the spout where the glory pours out. Has anybody ever heard that? I just loved that. I'm like, really? I almost want to, you know, wave my white hanky and just start yelling that. Let's get under the spout where the glory pours out. And what does it look like for us as people in, you know, 2011, not, not 1908 when the Church of the Nazarene got started, but 2011, to, to get under the spout where the glory pours out. What does it look like for us to immerse ourselves? And I think that's what really maybe the best language that we can begin to use. To, to, to immerse ourselves, to put ourselves in the places, in the means of grace, we might say, by which the Holy Spirit might connect with us and we with Him and begin to diffuse into our system of living more and more with His presence. Whether it's right here, I mean, I, this is the place. Amen? I'm reading articles about declining church attendance all around the, the United States in particular, and, and Europe. Not so much in South America and Africa, uh, but, but particularly in the United States. And I wondered even this morning as I drove to church, and I thought, wow, the sun's out. Shoot. <laughs> Who's headed to the beach, you know? And, and just, there's lots of reasons in our culture why not to be with the body of Christ. There's lots of things competing for our time and for our attention on a, on a day like today. But can I tell you, friends, and I'm not just saying this because I'm the pastor, but can I tell you that I've, in my experience, perhaps there's, this, is, this is the part of, of my journey with Christ where I can most vividly sense the presence of the Spirit when I'm with God's people in worship. And it doesn't matter if the songs that are being sung are ones that I particularly like. It doesn't matter if the preacher told a really funny story that day necessarily. It just matters that people who love God, that people who have given their hearts to Jesus, that people who want the same things that I want are coming together with that common purpose. And somehow in the midst of that dynamic, the Holy Spirit has freedom and access to move in ways perhaps that we might not be able to sense when we're on our own, even if we're on a beautiful nature hike, just God and me. Not to say anything bad about that, but, but can I say that this place, and, and, and as we we're reading in Scripture, and as we're spending time in prayer, and, and taking time just to be quiet in a culture that is so noisy, taking time to find moments of solitude where we can allow the Spirit to move into us. I, I've kind of been thinking that it's a little bit perhaps you know, like this, this little silly illustration. Maybe I can share with you, but, but, you know, it's kind of, maybe we might say that this is us, right? You know, we're kind of a sponge. And uh, on our own, we're, well, we're just kind of dry and, uh, and porous, and things are coming in and coming out, but we're really not catching on in, in any of it. We're not really useful. My son, actually, as he was running outside, he scraped his knee, and he came in here, and it was a little bit blood on his knee, just a little bit of a speck, and I didn't have a towel or anything, so I tried to use this sponge, and it, it didn't do anything. It's dry. It just hurt it worse, right? That is kind of us. But something happens when we immerse ourselves into the presence of the Holy Spirit. When we put ourselves around God's people, when we put ourselves before His Word, when we put ourselves in, a, in, the, in the means of grace, in 
in the flow underneath the spout where the glory pours out, right? And we begin to be filled up. And this is the beautiful image of this. And the, and the great thing about it is, is that there's this great image of being filled with the Spirit, but if we just kind of stand around and again look at how you know, Spirit-filled we are, then we haven't really accomplished anything. It's only when we get around others then and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to squeeze us out into the lives of people who are dry and thirsty. And then we get a little empty and so we kind of go back. This is starting to feel like a VBS game, Rick. <laughs> we, we squeeze it out. And we go back and we're renewed and we're refueled and we're refilled by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we go back into the world and we just keep squeezing, allowing the Spirit to squeeze us out in beautiful ways, in ways that are impacting in ways that are touching, in ways that are meaningful. And friends, what I want to say to us is that this does just not happen on our own. This just does not happen left to our own devices. What I want to say to us is this phrase, and I'm just, I think I have it up on the screen for you, that, that the giving Spirit, the one that we've talked about here this morning, the giving Holy Spirit produces people with a giving spirit. Very simple. If you forget everything else, you probably won't forget that sponge. But if you forget everything else, a giving, the giving spirit produces people with a giving spirit. So I asked people to send in some responses to people who perhaps have demonstrated a giving spirit. And I got several responses. I just wanted to read to you a few of them. I'm not going to say who sent them, but I will mention who you know, they're talking about or else it won't make any sense. I, the Holy Spirit sent them. If you want to go up to the person after church and say, the Holy Spirit used me to send that, then you can. But uh, hey James, I received your email. and reply to your request, I want to speak about Deborah Hamrick. She's consistently been working with people, showing God's love in many ways. If she's not working with people locally, with children in the church and individual families with kids, she's traveling around the world sharing the love of Jesus. She's also been working with NMI and other cities in our state. Her ministry should not go unnoticed. Hey, James, I don't know Kent Stevenson's strengths, but his weekly dedication to clean up the hospitality, cleaning up the hospitality table after church as everyone is out chatting is amazing. The care which he shows as he watches, washes each serving platter and coffee pot is a sign of his thoroughness and pride in a job well done. He's often one of the last people there, and the kitchen looks sparkling clean upon his completion, just like Brother Lawrence, who wrote of practicing God's presence while washing pots and pans. Thanks and blessings to our own Brother Kent. Is Kent here? I don't think he's here today. Would you thank Kent and bless him the next time you see him? Hi, James. When I heard this description, uh, immediately Loretta Miner came to my mind. I can't think of anyone who exemplifies this more than her. She has a genuine love for the Lord that is palpable in all of her many ministries, whether it's a perfectly prepared cup of tea or a beautifully assembled Bible study complete with matching bookmarks or her long and detailed prayer list. It is evident that she serves the Lord by her loving service to his people. I definitely want to be on her prayer list. My family and I are so blessed by our giving spirit along with so many others. I feel it's rare to find this authentic kind of faith, and I wanted to express that for some time. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. 
Loretta does have real gifts for teaching Bible study groups. She's not only extremely well prepared, but makes contact with the individuals during the week. Um, reminders of next week's lessons. She also prints out these colorful calendars to keep us up to date. Janine's gifts of baking add so much to our Bible studies. She fills the stomachs while Loretta fills our minds and souls. Hi, James. Jake's strengths and gifts have made him the best go-to guy we could have on board. His command and activator allow him to take last-minute items, prepare them, and present them with high-caliber results. Jake has a heart for others. His focus is our children and now his own. He always finds time for family, his and ours. We feel loved. Hey, James, I, I immediately thought of Darren Wilson. I don't remember what his strengths are, but I have just really noticed him stepping out more in ministry. He did a fabulous job being Camp Dean. He's a very relaxed yet purposeful way of connecting with people, also doing the ushering, offering, and so naturally including his son or daughter. Everything about him says, we are already family. I would love to put in Jeremy Sniff's name for recognition on Sunday. He's quick to focus any praise of his musical talents and gifts onto the act of worship through song and is humble about his talents. He's continually available for worship team practices, even when he's not scheduled for that particular week, careful to adjust his personal schedule to make himself available if the need arises. Even today, happy birthday, Jeremy, by the way. Hey, James, saw your note on the CCN, CCCN page, and I thought I'd give a shout-out to the Hoppers. I know I'm not in SB anymore, but I often think of them and how gracious they were to let me stay at their house while I was down there, cooking meals for me, giving me loads of delicious tangerines, buying me mochi ice cream, and the occasional cream puff. My love to them. And that's from Austin, as you may know. I'll mention him because he doesn't live here anymore. I'd love to lift up Sherry Thomas. She, lo she loves, just as we're instructed, quietly, without drawing attention to herself. Our family's been supported emotionally, financially, spiritually by her for 10 years. Her joy and faithfulness is constant. She makes me love Jesus more each time that I'm with her. No joke. <laughs> well, Pastor James, I've got to say Tom Glass. He's been known to get up in the middle of the night to go to a friend's home because his friend was afraid to take a help me call while in the hospital with surgery scheduled for the next day, go to the bedside or home of someone whose world is falling apart and bring laughter to an otherwise horrible situation and accept and return phone calls 24-7 from people in crisis. He has a gift for listening and hearing beyond the words of what's being said. And this one, this is from Sandy Caswell. I mentioned her because she just says, there are so many individuals that have touched our lives at church this past year. But when I think of the church as a community, as one body lifting your family in prayer in the name of Jesus, that is powerful, Pastor James. <laughs> I choose the church family as a whole, keeping us protected in perfect prayer and peace. Can we believe, friends, that the Holy Spirit is providing? He's making it possible. Listen to these stories. This is just a fraction. This is just representative, again, of all the ways in which the Spirit is already expressing His goodness and His gifts in your lives and in our church and in His body. And He wants to do it more and more and more. The table is set. The fruit, the gifts, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jake's going to come. Worship team. Lead us in this song. We've been singing. Why don't you stand with me? We've been singing this song throughout this series. Holy Spirit, rain on us. And let's let that 
song be our prayer. And, and perhaps at whatever level you've been experiencing the Holy Spirit in these weeks, again, if, if you need to kind of step back a couple of weeks and, and just think about just the power of the Holy Spirit. If you need to step back and think, wow, the Spirit needs to, I need the guidance of the Holy Spirit today, then, then great. If, if today, though, would be a day in which you would sense the Spirit wanting to, to do some transformational work on your character, on who you are as a person at the very core, or in some way of, of, of gifting you for some ministry, perhaps, that you've been feeling called to, some passion in your heart that you would believe and trust that the Spirit might gift you today, would you just make that your prayer as we sing these words? Then I'll come and say a closing prayer for us. Let's worship together. Rain down. Everybody just take your hands and put them like this. I'm not going to ask you to do anything too crazy here, but just hold them out in front of you like a cup. Father, we're under the spout. <laughs> we're praying crying out for our own lives and for our church, for our community and for our world, the glory would pour out. And we're praying for the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit again to, to fill the whole earth, every nook and cranny, every tribe, every nation every political system, every world religion. May your Holy Spirit go and be free and move and act in those places. And at the same time, very personally this morning, oh God, we're praying that your Holy Spirit will be poured out upon us in our own lives in a very tangible way that, that the hands that we hold in front of us would, would in, a, in a sense, be filled with the presence of the Spirit. Symbolic of the, the hope and the longing that we have for all of who we are, our lives, from the inside to the outside, our, our formation, our, our, our function, who we are as people, what we do as the people of God to be shaped and filled with your Holy Spirit. So rain down on us, even now. And as you fill us, then send us. And would you hold your hands up just like this with me? Send us to those around us who so need a touch of your Holy Spirit. And so we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in his peace.